producing these videos take a lot of time and they take resources too guys all the, the computers the cameras the blah 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 they take resources so if God touches your mind and your heart bless this ministry if it helps you if these teachings help you bless the ministry send a donation or even become a monthly partner with me so that I can continue to do these things I don't do it I don't do it to make money God forbid but I do it that the ministry may be supported and that I might continuously with joy because it does give my heart joy to continuously bring these lessons to you for your benefit for your spiritual enrichment okay so help me out all right guys welcome back today we're going to do something new we're going to begin a study in the New Testament. So we're going to start with the book of Matthew, you know, because I do so much teaching in the Old Testament. I thought it would be somewhat refreshing. But anyway, before we actually get into Matthew, and you, know, you guys know how I already do things. We go through things verse by verse. But before we actually get into chapter one, it is important that we have some sort of an introduction to the book of Matthew so that we'll get an understanding of the overall point of the book of Matthew, why Matthew wrote and what Matthew was intending to uh, give to his audience in the gospel of Matthew. Okay. Because we know that there are four gospels in our new Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. However, even though there are four gospels, the gospel writers did not all write with the same intention. And so therefore it becomes necessary to understand what is the point that the writer is trying to make and understanding these things, we can properly interpret the passages within the book. Now, we do understand that we can only understand the overall point. And sometimes you guys will hear me say the word theme of the book, theme theme or purpose of the book. So one of the ways that we understand this particular theme is the complete reading of the book and the complete examination of the book. And then we can ascertain the theme, the point that the writer is trying to make. But nevertheless, so I won't get into all of that. Let's just simply begin our study of the book of Matthew with an introduction to the book of Matthew. Okay. Now, one of the first thing I want to, you guys to understand is Matthew is a part of what is considered as a synoptic gospel, the synoptic gospels there. And synoptic basically comes from that Greek idea, meaning things that are in common, things that are in common. And there are three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And the reason why is we can see a commonality between these three gospel books. When we get into the book of John, John is often referred to as a universal gospel. Mm, don't know how much I agree with that general terminology, but ne nevertheless, John is different in the way. And you can tell clearly when you, when you start reading the writings of the gospel of John, and it is very different from the writings of the gospel. And you can see that early in the, in the introductory chapters, John, John just simply starts out, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. No other gospel starts out that way. But nevertheless, 
each gospel, each gospel writer is trying to give a unique portrait or a unique perspective of Jesus. And each one of them is trying to say something about Jesus to their respective audiences. Okay, so you guys need to understand what that means. When it says to their respective audiences, it simply means when Matthew wrote his gospel, he had a particular audience, people who would receive his letter, people who he was writing for to read his letter. He had a particular audience in mind. Same thing for Mark, Luke, as well as John. Okay. And this is one of the reasons why John is referred to as the universal gospel is because John did not have a particular audience, but his audience was all who should read his gospel. But we're not going to get into such details right now. We're dealing with simply the book of Matthew and the intended audience for Matthew's gospel is the Jews predominantly the Jewish people of his time. And of course the Jewish people throughout all generations. Now, as far as the time of Matthew's gospel, rough dates, because there no person can give the exact, the exact date that a particular gospel was written in. So we have to give approximate dates and, and these dates are important, but we're not going to get into all of those details, but nevertheless, Matthew was written anywhere from as early as 50 AD to up unto to up unto 70 AD. Actually, it would be before 70 AD, the destruction of Jerusalem. Okay. Now the reason, and I'll just simply give you the reason for this dating of 70 AD up until that, you know, point is because Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, that is under General Titus. Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, and then we see the scattering of the Jewish people again uh, for the second time. And I'm using that in a loose way because we know that the first time Jerusalem was destroyed was roughly 586-587 BC. And this was done under Nebuchadnezzar. And that was not so much as a scattering as there was an enslavement in Babylon or those who weren't enslaved were simply brought to Babylon. Okay. But nevertheless, that's our date. Now concerning the person of Matthew, Matthew, before he was called by Jesus was formerly a tax collector. And you can kind of see that in Max Matthew's gospel as Matthew is more interested in coins or coinage, drachmas and things of that nature, but we won't get into that. But nevertheless, Matthew was a tax collector. Now the function of a tax collector was to collect taxes from the Jewish people on behalf of Rome. So for this reason, he was an outcast to the Jewish people. So therefore Matthew was considered as a Roman tax collector an outcast to the Jewish people. And therefore you would see him associating that is before his coming to Jesus, you would see tax collectors associating with other outcasts of the Jewish people. For example, uh, you would see the prostitutes that they'll be talking about. Uh, uh, in the New Testament, and you'll see prostitutes and tax collectors associating with one another 
And you'll also see the prostitutes associating with these tax collectors is because for the most part, the tax collectors were the only ones who can afford their fee. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as a tax collector, he was considered to be a revulsion to the Jewish people. Let me give you an example. If any Jewish person were to bump into the tax collector in the common market, that is you out in the public and you bump into a tax collector, they, it was, uh, 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 considered the proper thing to do. Once you bump into a tax collector, go home, take your clothes off, take a bath and burn those clothes that you had on. <laughs> so in the time of Matthew, he was very much hated, which helps us to understand the beauty of the gospels, the beauty of the calling of Jesus, the call of God in that he comes to save from every part of society. He even saved the most hated ones in society. But anyway, enough of that. And so his prime audience was the Jewish people and his purpose for writing his gospel. And that's what we need to see his purpose for writing the gospel. And we can see that earth and sometimes purpose or theme, same idea, purpose or theme. And we can see that purpose being indicated by Matthew in the very first statement of his gospel. When he talks about Jesus, Jesus, the Messiah, that is, he is the Messiah of the Jewish people. Remember the idea of Messiah, Messiah, Greek word, Christos, Hebrew word, Mashiach. Okay. Same thing. Messiah, Christ. All right. The function of the Messiah is to fulfill all that the prophets had spoken of concerning this one to come, that this was the one. Remember when Moses said in the book of Deuteronomy, there shall arise a prophet likened unto me. Now, I don't want to get into those separate distinctions. I'll talk about that once we get into the book of John. But nevertheless, the idea of the prop of the Messiah is there were many prophecies spoken of the Messiah and that once he will come, he will establish the Jewish nation as the greatest of all nations above the Gentile nations. And he will bring peace like the world has never seen before. Okay. So one of Matthew's point is Jesus is the Messiah of and unto and one who comes from the Jewish people. He is a Jew and he is the Messiah of the Jewish people. And so that's why he says, Jesus Messiah, and he calls him verse number one, what son of Abraham that is, he comes from the stock of the Jewish people. But there's more that I'm going to say about that as we get into the text. He comes from the stock. Remember, Abraham is the father of the Jewish people son of David. And the reason why he deals with the son of David part is it is from David. That is the remember the promise that God has spoken unto David. Second Samuel chapter seven, that from his seed should come one who should sit upon his throne. He will be an eternal king. Okay. And Jesus fulfills that promise the promise of the Messiah and the promise of a king that should come from David, such a king who is to rule 
over the whole world. So that's his emphasis or his purpose in his gospel. And now the reason why Matthew wrote another reason why Matthew wrote his gospel is remember the first church were all Jews. There were no Gentiles. That's basically what I am. And probably many of you, if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And so therefore it needed to be a record of the account of Jesus's life and also other things. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Other reasons that should be given for the Jewish people. So they needed a record. And it is for this reason that I personally believe that because the Jewish people themselves were the first believers in Jesus as the Messiah, this is the first gospel, not just simply the first that is written. Then in other words, when we look at our Bible, we see what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. Not necessarily in that order, but in that order of being given because it would be the Jewish people who would need the first record of the gospel of Jesus, the life of Jesus, that Matthew common sense would be the first gospel ever to be written. The, re the rest of the gospel would follow later while some hold that Mark was the first gospel written, but I'm not going to get into all of those details. Okay. But anyway, so Matthew is written for the Jewish people because they have a need of the gospel. And because when we look in Acts chapter seven, remember after the, the testimony of Stephen in Acts chapter seven, the book of Acts lets us know there began to be a great persecution upon the Jewish believers at that time. And many of the Jewish believers left from Jerusalem. And this is because the Jerusalem church, the first church was in Jerusalem. Okay. And all of the believers primarily were in Jerusalem at that time. So in the persecution that followed the, the, the killing, the death of Stephen, it was unlawful killing, but Acts chapter seven in that persecution, many Jews began to scatter in all parts, in all regions, not only simply of Jerusalem, but Judea and even in Gentile territories. So there was a need for the gospel of Jesus for these Jewish believers as well as their descendants. Okay. So a reason for, for Matthew's gospel. All right. Uh, what would I want to say? Another purpose for Matthew's gospel. So let me bring this here. Remember one of the main points of Matthew is Jesus is the true Messiah of the Jewish people. Now this is problematic in a sense. Why? Because the prophecies concerning Jesus, I'm sorry, concerning the Messiah. This is, and this you'll see in the mind of the Jews in the gospels. You will also see this being a continual question from Jews even today. So that is even after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus into heaven, even Jews today ask this question. And this is one of the primary question, main questions for unbelieving Jews. When you say unbelieving, they don't accept Jesus as the Messiah. So this is one of the primary questions of unbelieving Jews. Even today, Matthew's gospel answers the point 
And here it is concerning the Messiah. If Jesus is the Messiah, then why didn't he fulfill those things spoken of by the Messiah? That is, he would come and conquer those Gentiles, especially the Gentiles who are seeking to destroy the Jews. He would destroy the Gentiles and he would bring the Jewish people and he would elevate the nation of Israel, the greatest of all nation. And he would bring a peace to the earth that has never seen even a peace in the animal kingdom themselves. Remember here things about what the wolf shall lie down with the lamb and the serpent shall not bite mankind anymore. And all of these troublesome things that we have in our world today, the Messiah would bring what is called universal peace. But Jesus did not bring universal peace. You guys, he died and what we say and what the gospel writer says, he rose from the dead and descended into heaven. Why didn't Jesus do, if he is the Messiah, why didn't he do the things that the Messiah was supposed to do? And this is the reason why unbelieving Jews reject Jesus as Messiah. Matthew's gospel provides an answer to that. And you will see this when Matthew, that is through Jesus's teaching and Matthew records it when Jesus talks about the new kingdom. And I don't want to get into those details now, but just let me cover it in general, in general, because Jesus was rejected by the Jews. Jesus began the program of a new kingdom. And this was the secret kingdom. And this is when you see Jesus began to talk about the parables of the kingdom, the parables of the kingdom. And he said, the kingdom of God is this the kingdom of God, like this. And what he's talking about in the new kingdom is it is, it was in the mind and the plan of God that the Jews should reject Jesus, not all of them, but in general and crucify Jesus and that Jesus should resurrect from the dead and in his resurrection from the dead, he would commission his disciples to carry the gospels to the Gentiles, to all of the world. This is what you see in, in the final statements of Matthew. What did Jesus command them? Take this gospel to all the nations of the world. So this is the plan of God. So it was God's plan for the Messiah Jesus to be crucified and take this gospel to the Gentiles. And this is what is meant by the parables of the kingdoms. It speaks of the gospel going from the Jews and moving further unto the Samaritans, moving, which are half Jews, moving even further unto non-Jews, the Gentiles, and how that the Gentiles shall become sharers sharers of the blessings of the gospel. That's, that's what the whole, the whole thing about that's Paul in Ephesians chapter one. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but that the Gentiles who once were excluded from the wonderful benefits of God are now being included in these benefits through faith in Jesus as the Messiah. So this question, Matthew answers that, it's a part of the program of God. It is not time for Jesus to give peace, but 
in his return. And we see this in the final chapters of Matthew after Jesus, when Jesus himself is speaking of, of himself, Matthew 23, 24, 25, so on and so on up until the crucifixion. We see the teachings of that. Now, the first time Jesus offers his life, the second time, that means he must return again. And then he sets up the long awaited kingdom. That is all those things that the Messiah should do. So Matthew answers these questions. Also, Matthew concentrates by the Jesus's prophetic words on the upcoming destruction of Jerusalem. Therefore, the Jews need to heed the gospel. That is before 70 AD when, the, when Jerusalem is destroyed. Jews, listen, listen, believe in Jesus for all believers in Jesus will not suffer in the destruction of Jerusalem. They're going to escape into the mountain. They're going to escape to the mountain outside of Jerusalem. They're going to leave. Listen to our gospel message concerning Jesus. And in listening to that and believing in Jesus, you must be saved from the upcoming destruction of 70 AD. And so therefore you'll see Matthew from that is when I keep saying Matthew, you'll see Jesus often saying in the book of Matthew, as is quoted, this generation, this generation, this generation, and Jesus is speaking judgment for that generation. That is the generation that Jesus was speaking to up until the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Okay. All right. So I think I've covered everything that I want to do in the introduction. It'll be a good thing to go back and listen to this again because it helps us as we begin to move through the text of Matthew. So we covered the writer of the book of Matthew, Matthew himself. We covered the date, basically 50 to up to 70 AD. We covered the theme and the purpose, Jesus Messiah, King of the Jews, as well as bringing in other things concerning Jesus and why he did not establish the kingdom and the emphasis on the destruction, upcoming destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. All right, guys, thanks for joining me with our introduction in that. The next time we return in the book of Matthew, we begin with Matthew chapter one. See you then.